The Dad University podcast helps fathers learn what they're not taught in school. We offer dads advice on parenting, relationships, and family life. We may not have all the answers, but we're certainly going to have fun trying. And we are back. We are back. I'm Jason Kreidman. I'm Alan Bush. And this is the Dad University podcast, episode 277. Yeah. Alan, good evening. Good evening. Actually, good afternoon. Uh, is it afternoon. late afternoon? I know. This, this, this is, is probably the earliest we've done it. It is. It is. Normally I guess we do it ap- after work, and I, I, right. I would tr- I would trek up to uh, to where you are, and right. then we'd hang out in the evening, and it'd be usually past six or seven. That's because with quarantine, you work twenty. We all work twenty four seven. Exactly. And so we've already gotten a lot of our work done because yeah. we did it in the middle of the night. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, now we have the ability to change yeah. our schedule. It also yeah. is a lot easier because we don't have to drive. So no commute time. I know. I know. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't say that I'm getting used to it, but maybe I'm getting used to it. Yeah. <laughs> on, yeah. On some level, I'm getting used to it as well. I actually kind of enjoyed that part of it. Not the impending doom, but yeah, the, no. the actual no commuting part. <laughs> uh, I hear you. I hear you. Tonight's interesting. Um, uh, it's how to be a good father to a son. Um, I know you have a daughter, but yeah. uh, I have a son and a daughter. And so, you know, I, I think for, for many men, um, they may not have had great role models, you know, um, sure. some, some do, I, I consider myself very lucky. I, you know, my father was a great you know, role model for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having my own son, I, you know, I get to pass some of those things on that I learned that I think were, were pretty valuable, of course. And at the same time, those things that I might not be as good or as strong at, I pass those along as well. Yeah. Um, So in this podcast, I I wanted to talk about some of those things and and like, you know, what are some of the attributes that make a good father to a son? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is there really a roadmap for that? And, and we've talked a lot and we, and, really, I think that there is, you know, I mean, yeah, right. there's, there's definitely some, some aspects that, you know, need to be included when you're talking about what, what a good father is about. And so, um, you know, and for some, it could be other influence too. It's, it's not only father, you had grandfather influence. Yeah. Um, yeah. My grandfather, know. my uncle, um, both were pretty positive role models. I think, and I think probably the most, most positive role models I've had in terms of males in my life when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, so, so I think um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the dad per se, but yeah, um, and I, mine was my immediate father. I didn't really have extended family that were too involved in my life, you know, the mm-hmm. male, the male perspective. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. um, so for me, you know, it, it was my father. And so, you know, the thing to keep in mind too, is that, you know, we're all different. We all, we all may think, um, you know, w- what makes a good father could be different to somebody you know, to one person than somebody else. Um, you know, I, I might be a little bit different than my father. Uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, he was good and I can be good. It's, it, it, and yeah. so there are some, some, some differences. And so, um, you know, just because your father was a certain way towards you doesn't mean that you have to be that way towards your son. I mean, it, right. like, yeah. there's, there's different things. So the, the cool thing I think in general is that you get to choose what kind of father you want to be. Yeah. You know, sure. this is, yeah. it, it is a choice. And so I've put together seven things that I think are um, defined, or I should say defined being a good father to a son. So you ready for this? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. 
First one, being present. So in order to be a good father, you have to be there. <laughs> Makes sense. Sort of rule number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you, you, you probably care about your Yeah, at the very father, least, so. which is good. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, emphasizing the idea of being um, present. And so that means not only being physically there, but also mentally there. You know, there's two different things. And, you know, for, for many men, especially traditionally, they may have not spent a ton of time with their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when they are there and they're, you know, mentally present, that is also valuable. And so it's, it's really, you know, giving your focused attention to your child when you're there. I mean, you know, put your phone down, uh, spend quality time together, one-on-one, you know, create those memories. And the, the memories are created from you being present. You right. know, your son is going to remember that. I, yeah. you know, I know for myself, I, I made a conscious effort especially early on to have that one-on-one time, because I know that it's going to be memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for us, it was, it was, a lot of it was camping. It still, oh, you know, right. still, still is. And at least when we can. Um, and so I, I, you know, I did that consciously to know it was like, so that he remembers that like, no, we spent a bunch of time one-on-one, you know, with each other. Yeah. yeah. And sort of he, he, he has that foundation for that. So um, I, I just think that it's important to, to maintain that presence, um, you know, as he gets older too, you know, and even when he's young, but so much of how he views the world is shaped by what you say and what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you have such a huge impact on your child and on your son. And so, you know, in, in so many things, how he treats other people, how he treats women, how he treats himself, Um, how he interacts with the world. It's like so much of that is created by you, you know? And then when they get to like that 10, 11, 12 is when the outside world starts having a little bit bigger influence on them, Mm -hmm. you know? But until then it is, I mean, it's you and your wife like that, you know, a little bit of friends, but not much. Um, It is really you. You know, and so you, you've got to you know, make that foundation early before they get to those that 10 to 10 to 12 range. Um, right. Right. You know, which I'm at now, you know, I'm, I'm in that range now. My son is now 12. So mm-hmm. we're sort of seeing that where there's, there begins to be a little bit of a separation where friends become more important. Um, you know, that's the, that's becomes the priority, you yeah. know? Yeah. So that's, that's going to be thing presence. Uh, number two, give him affection. And so this is, this is interesting because I, I, you know, I think a lot of men are uncomfortable, uh, with the affection for their sons, you know, in, in whatever, um, when they're really little, it's not as hard, you know, they, they, and I can even see this where, um, you know, the affection is a lot of times the mom's role where the mom is the nurturer and the, you know, the cuddler and the, um, the, the hugging and kissing, but it is really important for the dad to provide affection. Yeah. That physical, that physical touch, you know, saying, I love you is great and, and doing that, but the actual physical affection from you, the, the, the kissing, the hugging, 
it really creates a bond. Um, you know, it, it, it allows him to feel secure. Um, that physical touch they've, you know, and they've said, especially, you know, when they're, when they're young, it's, it just, it actually boosts brain development. I mean, the studies indicate it's, it, it, it creates overall wellness and they've had studies where I recall, um, when babies weren't touched, they can actually become very sick and even die. Yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. You know, and the fact is, is that, you know, physical touch is an extremely important thing. And so, you know, affection means putting your arm around him. And, um, you know, if, if you're comfortable carrying him, you know, when he's a little baby that, um, you know, when you put him down, you can hold his hand, you know, um, I, I think that sometimes fathers feel less comfortable. It was interesting. We, I went with, uh, on a walk with my kids the other day and I haven't, I mean, either with the, probably either of my kids, just because of the situations of quarantine and all stuff, haven't held their hand in a long time. Oh, right. Yeah. And my kids both were holding my hand while we were walking and, and <laughs> I have a, you know, I have a 12 year old son and I was like, and it, I, I'll be honest. It was like a little awkward right at first yeah. because I was like, Oh, Oh, cool. Like, yeah, right. Like you're going to hold my hand. Like I just, it was unexpected. And we, we were all three of us were holding, like they were on either side of me and we were holding hands just for a little bit. And I, at first it was a little uh, like surprising for me. And, and that's just because I hadn't held their hand because of their, you know, growing and getting older, you know, hug and kiss is, is fine. You know I mean? That's all the time, but it was just this one thing of holding their hand while we're walking. Cause I used to do that obviously when they were very little. Sure. And I just had to roll with it, you know? And I was like, Oh, you know what? Like I got to be comfortable with this. My kids are still willing to hold my hand. You better believe I'm going to sit here and, and, and allow that to happen. Yeah, know? absolutely. And they still want to do that. Um, so it, it was cool. But so the affection is it's, you know, putting your arm around them, doing everything. It's, it's doing that. Um, you might be uncomfortable. Like I said, I, you know, even in that situation, it was a little bit awkward at first and I didn't mm-hmm. expect it to be, um, but he's going to benefit from it. And so will you, you know, it's just, it, it'll help develop that bond. So, right. Yeah. Um, number three, let him do things for himself. So here's the thing. This, this is an observation, just anecdotal where it feels like a lot of the fathers of today <laughs> of modern times, um, are just doing too much for their sons. I mean, they're doing so much for their daughters too, but we're talking about sons here. Um, you know, I'll tell you when, if your child's old enough to walk, you don't need to carry them. Right. You know, I, you, you see a six year old in a stroller, <laughs> you know, it's like, um, no, your child needs to walk. You know, if your child has a backpack for school, they yeah. get to carry that backpack. You don't yeah. need to be carrying that backpack. Totally agree. Um, you know, Another example, even with schools, like if you're, you know, your son has a problem with the teacher, your son needs to talk to the teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, if your son has a problem with a neighbor kid, they need to talk to the neighbor kid. You know, it's yeah. like you don't need to deal with the parent. And so you have to teach them early on that they can solve problems for themselves. They can do things themselves. It's, it's their life. You're right. there for support. You're there to coach. You're there to help them along when they need it. If they certainly ask you, you're there, but you've got to give him that opportunity to do those things for himself. And, you know, I, I think with all of this, like the intention's good, 
you know, I once had a conversation with a dad who I always see hold the backpack and I actually called him out on it because we were having a pretty in-depth conversation <laughs> Yeah, about some other things. And I just said, you know, I know because he asked me about some other stuff about, you know, father stuff. And I said, well, I noticed, you know, you're always carrying your kid's backpack. And he was like, oh my goodness. Like, you're right. And I you said, yeah, know. I mean, uh, yeah. And I've seen you tie, I've seen you tie his shoes. You know, he's way older. I mean, he can, you know, you're doing all of these things yeah. and your son is totally capable of doing this himself and he should be doing this himself. Right. Right. You know, you want to teach him to be able to do the things himself so that he, he can know the ways of the world. You know, it's like, you've got to learn all this stuff. Eventually he's, you're not going to be there and, you know, and also boost his confidence, his self-esteem. And so you want you know, allow your child. And in fact, even allow your child to do it and then fail. That's even better. You know, it's so funny that he wasn't even aware of it. Not at all. You know what I mean? But like his intention was good. Of course. And I think yeah. that's the thing. A lot of these things are not necessarily bad things. They're just that yeah. you need to get that independence into them and bake it into. Right. You can't handle everything for them. Yeah. And the in intentions of helping them, you want to help. You want to make sure they're okay. No, it's love. That's how he, like, and he even explained it. He was, that's how I show love. I do things for him. Sure. You know, and yeah. that, yeah, that makes sense, but it doesn't, it doesn't help. It doesn't right. help him at all. Right. You know, if you want to raise a confident, self-sufficient, capable boy, you know, you got to let him do things for himself and trust that he can do it. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, number four, be good to his mother. So whether you are with the mom or not, yeah. how you treat her is very, very important. He is yeah. watching. He is listening. He's learning. He's taking notes. Um, <laughs> he is absolutely a big part of how your son sees and treats women is shaped by how you treat her. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Yeah. So if you are good to her, you are supportive, you're helpful, you're loving, like he sees that, Yeah. you know, um, I used to watch my father, he would, all, he would get flowers for my mom all the time. And it wasn't because he did something bad, <laughs> but, but I just remember like he would often yeah. Which come bouquet home. Should I take this? Yeah. How terrible was the thing come I did home with flowers. And I was like, God, that, you know, that was really cool. Mm -hmm. You know, cause I know my mom loved flowers and he would, he would do that. And so I saw that kind of, you know, I did see them kissing, even though I thought it was disgusting. You know, I saw yeah. them, you know, per, you know, being affectionate towards each other and, yeah you know, it, it definitely shapes how you see women are supposed to be treated, you know, and he, he treated what I thought. I mean, you know, I, I think so, you know, at least the parts that I saw, he treated my mother well, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so that, that was something, you know, that I was able to model and, and see versus, you know, you see the opposite where you see abuse or verbal or physical or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. It's like, you just, you're going to probably, you hope not, but you're going to, you know, think that some of that, that that's just how it is. And, yeah. um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really work. So, you know, one thing I will say too, is don't make jokes at her expense, you know, yeah. criticize her or, you know, be disrespectful in any way. Um, those are, you know, those behaviors are never good, but you know, when you have little eyes and ears on you and they're watching, you, you've got to be very, very mindful of what you're saying and what you're doing. I've seen that happen, not necessarily in my direct family, but like, um, or even relationships I've been in, but, uh, 
but I've seen, sometimes I'll see that with couples or um, friends and, and they'll mm-hmm. like kind of coax the kid to laugh at the other person. Or I've, I've actually, I, I, remember, I remember my little sister when she was a little baby, um, I had a friend kind of like, ah, you know, you know, hit your, hit your brother, blah, blah, blah. And they, she was my, brother, my little sister didn't want to, she was, she loved me, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's just weird how like people like, it's like to play and to be poke fun. But when yeah. they're little, they, that's not how you make fun of people. You know, it's not, you're teaching them a, how to make fun of people, which is not great. B right. how to be disrespectful to your own parent or your, or someone that's your elder. And, um, and you want to like, I think you're setting an example, like you yeah. said earlier, you know, by, by saying it's okay to be disrespectful or to um, to laugh at the expense of someone that you really care about. And you, you should be developing empathy in that stage. Yep. You know? Yeah. And even if you're not in the relationship with them, like, you know, whether it's divorce, you're separated, you're just, you're, you're co-parenting, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, right. The same rules apply. You know, you do not talk bad about the significant other yeah. or a night. Well, about the mom. Um, yeah. It, it, it's not going to help him in any way. And sometimes that can be hard. I mean, especially if, you know, there's deep emotions or you had a bad situation. Um, but you want to keep your son's emotional well-being in mind when even if you are not with her. Um, right. It's very, very important for him to know that. And so that, that's a really, you know, really important one. So um, number five, that emotions are okay. Um, you know, we're, we're taught as men that, you know, from a very early age, just, you know, Hey, boys don't cry. You know, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> you know, right. we, we just watched that movie. Actually. Yeah. Oh, did you yeah. give her own? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, somehow people have equated showing emotion as a sign of weakness. Right. You know, and the fact is, is that emotions are perfectly fine. And, you know, and as a matter of fact, they're, they're good for you. It's good for you to show emotion. It's, um, you know, and and what's, what's good is sort of learning how to navigate. I I don't want to say manage, but it's kind of navigating those emotions. You know, it's, it's, it's having them feeling them and then getting through them. You know, that, and that takes a lot of practice. We've, we've had, I've had some videos on it. We've had it, you know, a couple podcasts that you still want to feel the emotion. You're not like sweeping it under the rug. You're not pretending it doesn't exist. It's like, or, or, you know, someone actually wrote me the other day about being strong. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you don't need to be strong, feel the emotion. It's more important to just get over it. Like, so feel the emotion and the, and the best way to get through that and quote, be strong is to allow yourself to feel it. Right. You know? Yeah. And then it becomes less powerful, you know? And I, I learned that actually a lot through grief counsel, you know, when my mother passed away of like, feel the emotion, like allow yourself to actually feel the grief, feel right. it, feel what it, it, like how painful it is, whatever. And then process it and go, okay, I, I felt it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you sort of talking yourself through that rather than, and you don't stick with it. And I think over time, you know, doing this stuff and the podcasts and videos and everything, I still feel all kinds of emotions, highs, lows, anger, you know, all this stuff. The difference with me now is I just get through them a little faster. Sure. You know, so I'm not staying in a negative state for as long as I used to, you know, where I'd go into hibernation mode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm feeling really down and, you know, no, 
mean, people have asked like, Oh, are you, are you up all the time? No, I don't feel great all the time. Like, mm-hmm. especially during quarantine, right. I have not felt great, but the yeah. key is for me to, you know, gratitude, self-talk, you know, I mean, all these things that we talk about, but allowing myself to feel and be like, right. yeah, no, I, I feel crappy right now. Somebody asked me the other, it was like two weeks ago. They, so how, how are things? I'm like, actually pretty crappy. I'm stressed out, overworked. I haven't gone outside, um, arguing with my kids, you know, like that was reality. And I actually, it's funny. I said that and then immediately felt better. <laughs> <laughs> the minute you said it, <laughs> the minute I said it, I was talking to a good friend of mine and I, I said it. I'm like, you know what? That just felt really good to actually just admit it all instead of like, Oh yeah, everything's good, man. I just working my butt off during quarantine. And you know I mean? Like, no, no, right. it was like, I was having a bad day. I really was not having a good day. And so feeling that emotion makes it acceptable. Yeah. It's okay. Um, Number six, manners matter. Um, I'm not sure when it became socially acceptable for boys to be gross and disgusting. <laughs> um, but, you know, we have to try to curb that behavior the best we can. You know, the whole boys will be boys that we've talked about. Sure, um, sure. That just doesn't work anymore. It's just not. You know, I, I don't subscribe to the, the idea that, you know, men are just that way when it comes to something negative, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. we have certainly sure we have DNA that makes us certain ways, but being negative in some way does, that's not part of our DNA. You know, being rude is not part of our DNA. Right. Being overly aggressive is not like all of those things. That's all learned behavior, you know? Right. Yeah. So, I think mad, as I use the term manners matter, they are important and, and good fathers are going to teach their kids to say, please. And thank you. Open doors, you know, for men or women, you know, just being polite, being a good person. Um, what you say, how you say it, your actions, it's all of this is important. You're leading by example. Yeah. You know, and, and no, it's the same thing as I said to before. It's like your child's watching, they're listening. They mm-hmm. see everything. Yeah. You know, and, and you've got to be mindful of that. You've, it's like, you're being recorded. It's literally like you are on video. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, he, he just like from the waiter at a restaurant to, you know, how you talk to your neighbor to how you're acting when you're on vacation and at the bar and the pool. I mean, like, you know, all of it, he sees it. He sees how you act and yeah. You've got to be mindful of that. You know, that's a lot different if you're in private or you're, you know, you're, the, your kids aren't around and you go on a vacation with your wife, like, okay, great. Do whatever you want to do, you know? Um, right. But don't act that way when your kids are around, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's some behaviors that you could at least try to curtail. Yeah. When you're in front of your children, you know? And I would add cursing. Um, it's just an anecdote, but, uh, you know, trying to curb how you talk, you know, around your children, like, Oh, well, they've heard that, you know, especially as they get a little bit older. I know like my kids now, we were in a situation and a friend was over and they were just cussing and or cursing. And, and I was like, uh, they're like, well, you're like, your kid doesn't know that, 
You know, I was like, it doesn't right. matter whether they know it. It, it yeah, yeah. sounds it horrible. Like, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, my kid knows you know, about death. I'm not going to kill a cat and follow him. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not showing him those imagery of people, you know, having their throats. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, he's seen it, but like, yeah, I, he I knows what death is, whatever. I'll right. just show this big horror movie. Yeah, great. What are you talking right. about? Um, number seven, unconditional love. You know, that's another way to be a great father to a son. Um, if you're not familiar with unconditional love, it's basically loving your son, no matter what he does, who he is or what he becomes. Um, he doesn't need to win something in order for you to show your love. He doesn't need to be a certain way for you to show your love. And, you know, for, for many dads, you know, whether it is achieving something showing like masculinity in some way, uh, whatever we often have unconditional love or mm -hmm. I'm sorry, conditional love where, you know, like your son gets good grades and then you're happier, you know, and you show mm -hmm. more love to him and Oh, Hey, great. You're hugging kids. You're like, okay. Well, what if you tried really hard, but just didn't get a good grade? You're not as happy for the child, <laughs> you know? Um, you love your child simply because he is your son and the way that he is for who he mm -hmm. is. Um, a, a quote that was, I once heard was love the child you have, not the one you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we don't need to just show our love when our child accomplishes something. They, they feel secure. And the true value of the relationship between you is knowing that, when he knows that you love him without accomplishing or winning anything. Right. I think my parents were really good. Especially my mother was really good at this. My dad was too, but I knew that they loved me. Like yeah. it didn't matter. Like if I got a bad grade, like, yeah, we talk about it or something, but like, I never felt like they didn't love me because I didn't do X, Y, Z. Right. Know? And right. Or, or I didn't accomplish something. There was one situation about my choice of college that may have been in question, but other than that, <laughs> um, I never felt like Jason, you're better than that. And sure. you could, you know, they, they just, they just supported me in how I was and what I did. Um, and so unconditional love is really allowing your son to find his own path and not the path that you necessarily wanted for. You know, he may have different interests, different um, things that he likes. And you just, you have to respect that. You know, your child really loves to do something, but you can't stand it. It's okay. Like you have to just allow them to love that, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, it, it takes effort. I mean, here's the thing. I was like being a dad overall, it, it, it does take effort. And a lot of it for all, you know, for most of us, it doesn't come naturally. I mean, these are things you have to practice. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I think you do have to put a lot of, of work into it, but if, if you decide what the outcome is that you want, um, I was recently listening to a, a, a Tony Robbins, um, YouTube video, and he said something was really good. It's just like thinking about the outcome that you want. Don't mm -hmm. focus on the actual activities, but literally think about the outcome. And that just made a lot of sense to me. It's like, think about the relationship that you want with your child. What is the outcome that you want with your child? Well, it's like, I want my child to, you know, want to see me when he's older. 
you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and like want to hang out with me and want yeah. to be around me and stuff. And, and, and so, and to feel like I was valuable in helping him, you know, mm-hmm. that I coached him along. And I, you know, I was, I was giving some advice to my, to my son the other day. And he's like, you always have like, you always have these like advice things for me, you know? And, and so, but meanwhile, he asked my advice. So I didn't just <laughs> tell him. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. And I said, yeah, well, if I can help you, I'm going to like, if I don't know something, I'm not going to pretend I don't know it, but, um, but you know what? I've, I've been through all this stuff, like the stuff you're dealing with yeah. as a 12 year old, right. I've been there. Yeah. And I've had time to reflect upon it. And then right. <laughs> now I'm preparing you for it. Right. So I'd love to get any feedback. If anybody has um, some tips on, you know, uh, what they feel like is important, you know, to be a good father to a son, or if their father did something that was good. Um, Alan, what should they do? They should email us podcast at daduniversity.com or hit us up on any of the social media channels we're all part of pretty much all of them, usually under dad, Univ. Um, but look up dad university. Um, also please go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. Actually, I just learned you hit that little bell. It'll give you an alert next time something gets um, notification bell, notification bell. So uh, that would be really helpful. And uh, at the very least subscribe and maybe even leave some comments if you have any questions. And at the very least, if you're listening to us on any podcatcher of your choice, please subscribe to it. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends because it helps perpetuate the show. Awesome. Alan, as always, thank you. Thank you. Um, And we will see you next time. See you next time.